Let's pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you. We thank you for this opportunity to worship. We pray for your Holy Spirit to be with us as we reflect on your word, as we think about what it means for your son Jesus to bring us true peace. Loving Father, we thank you for the peace you have given us. Lord, help us to rely on your peace. Speak to our hearts, our minds, our body and soul. Bring us peace and comfort where we need peace and comfort. Give us redirection where we need redirection. And remind us again of your love, the love you have for us. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen. When we're talking about peace, uh, many things come to mind. And throughout the world, people are all seeking peace in many different ways. Particularly at the moment when we've got conflict, very obvious conflict that is in the news just about every day and we're hearing about it. There's this desire and prayer for peace. But also people seek personal peace. If you go into the bookshop, like you go into Dimmick's, you'll see this big self-help section. And a lot of that's about people seeking peace for themselves. There's a story of a gentleman who is struggling and he's feeling unsettled and unrest. He goes to his doctor and the doctor notices this and the doctor said, what's wrong? And he said, I just don't feel myself. Things are, un- I feel unsettled. I'm not happy. I'm a bit disturbed. And the doctor says, listens to his story more and listens to his story. And he said, I reckon the solution to you having peace is that you need to finish everything you've started. You need to finish everything you started. And so he goes home and he, he does that. He goes and finishes everything he started. He looks around the house and what has he started and he finishes it. A few weeks later, he goes back to the doctor and he's with the doctor. Doctor said, how'd you go? And he says, I did what you said. I finished everything you started. I finished my chocolate. I finished the cake. I finished the wine. I finished the leftovers. I was good for a moment, but then the next day I was, had a few extra kilos on me and I had a hangover. I didn't really have this long-lasting peace. And that's how many people approach peace. They keep looking and searching for things that will give them a short, temporary peace. You know, I found it um, quite interesting when I was working in a fairly large office and people were always looking for the next holiday. And sometimes it would be they'd just get back from one holiday and they go, I need another holiday! Because they could see the work ahead of them. And they kept thinking that a holiday was going to give them peace in themselves. And that's the problem with a lot of the peace in, that people are seeking in the world. That peace is focused on themselves. It's a very selfish peace, a peace that's about me, that sometimes can disregard others. And a question for all of us to think about is that, are we truly seeking peace or are we seeking something else when we're looking for peace? Because often it's not really just peace we're looking for. We're looking for a contentment. We're looking for pleasure for ourselves, but often at the expense of others. And so as we begin exploring today this idea of peace that Jesus gives us, I want to ask you two questions to to reflect on, to think about. Um, First of all, are we seeking peace from God? Not peace away from God, but are we seeking true peace from God? Or are we seeking peace from somewhere else? Are we looking for peace from somewhere else, which is often often a temporary fix. I love going for walks on the beach when I can find it, particularly in the morning, not at lunchtime at Bondi, but beaches which are are nice and the the waves coming in and walking the sand because it brings about that peace. But I know as soon as I walk away, often that 
peaceful feeling disappears. So a question for us to think about often is, are we seeking peace from God or is the peace we are seeking from elsewhere? And the other question for us to think about as Christians is this. If Jesus is about the bearer and creator of peace, if that's one of his main purposes in coming to earth, which we'll we'll hear again from our Ephesians reading, and we see through him walking on the back of a colt into Jerusalem, the whole meaning of it, to give that indication that he's bringing peace and creator and the bearer of peace. What does this mean for us as Christians? What does this mean for us as individual Christians? But also, what does it mean for us as the church, his church? People who are called to receive his peace, but also share his peace in the world. And so I invite you to to hold on to those questions, to think about those questions, to reflect on those questions during your life. Not just today, but as we go through the sermon, as we go through the sermon, but also for all of your life. What does it mean that Jesus is the bearer and creator of peace for us as Christians personally and as his church? There's a story of a king who wanted to um, put up some new artwork in his palace. And that king was looking for artwork that resembled peace. He wanted to be seen as the king of peace. And so he had all these people bring artwork along and one of those was a picture similar to this. And people looked at it and he had his, had, had his servants and everybody else looking at it down and they going, oh, that's a wonderful picture of peace. And this is often the human approach to peace. This was the second last artwork he showed. And they were looking at it and he said, yeah, it is a wonderful picture of peace. And they go, some were saying, yeah, that's the one you should hang up. But then he unveiled the last picture, which he said, this is my choice for peace. And it looked like this. Cloudy, stormy, rushing waterfall. And some of the people said, are you crazy? This doesn't look like peace at all. And then his comment was, have a closer look. Have a closer look. And as they looked closer, they saw this little bird on a ledge, quite content, sleeping and peaceful, amongst all the mess of life. And his comment was, that's the sort of peace we should be looking for. That no matter what the environment is, no matter what the storm is around us, we can still have peace. We can still have peace knowing that we have a God who loves us. And it's a good message for us as Christians because as we read through the passage, through the New Testament, what we see that when we encounter Jesus, we don't see Jesus always having peace. You know, as we listen to this story, and we often make this comment on Good Friday that people, you know, at the start of Holy Week on Palm Sunday... We're all cheering Jesus. You know, the question was whether it's the same crowd or not. We don't know. But there was this emphasis on people were happy to have Jesus coming to them. And a lot of it was our thinking, probably from a worldly point of view, he's going to bring us peace by destroying the opposition. And yet, he takes a different approach because by the end of next week we hear of the suffering and the death and the problems that Jesus goes through 
so that we can have peace. But we also hear of the resurrection. And then if we go further in the New Testament and we read through, say, the epistles, we actually see the challenges that Christians face, that having a relationship with God is not going to give you this nice, perfect peace. Most of you will know this. Most of you have been a Christian for some time and that being a Christian is not necessarily a peaceful thing. And it's not necessarily peaceful for at least two reasons. One is the world operates on a different paradigm with different rules, different ways of thinking. And sometimes they get offended or confronted by Jesus, particularly when Jesus says, forgive others. And then the other thing about about this is Jesus also confronts us, which we'll talk about in a few moments. So today we're talking about Jesus brings peace. Jesus is peace. When you think of peace, as Christians, our first thought should be Jesus. So let's look at understanding peace from Jesus' perspective. The first thing to remember is central, central to the, what Jesus' mission is, is to bring us peace with God. In our reading from Ephesians chapter 2, and you'll see this in other parts of Scripture, and I've listed them, including Acts 10 and Romans 5 and 2 Peter 3, we see that Jesus is about bringing, ultimately bringing you and me peace with God. From our reading from Ephesians 2, we heard, For he himself, Jesus, is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility. By setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one humanity out of the two, thus making peace and one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross, by which he put to death their their hostility. If you've ever worried, are you going to be good enough for God? If you're ever concerned that if judgment came tomorrow, would God accept you? If you have trust in Jesus, you don't have to stress about that. You don't have to worry about that because Jesus has paid the price for our sins on the cross and through the empty tomb. And it's God taking the initiative to say, I want to have a good, healthy relationship with you, a loving, healthy relationship with you, like we heard a few weeks ago in the prodigal son, that God wants to love us rather than condemn us and tell us off He wants to embrace us. And so if you ever had that concern, are you good enough, God, or is God going to kind of talk down to you, can you be assured that that's not God's approach? Because Jesus has brought peace, true peace, between you and God. And remember that this peace is not just between you and God. It's not meant to be just a selfish thing. You go, yep, I've got peace with God, that's okay, I don't care anybody about anything else. It should actually affect us in trying to live with peace with others. And because Jesus makes peace with God possible for not just us, all people, Jesus becomes our focus that leads us to living in peace with each other. The challenge we have is often we look for other things to bring us peace. If you've ever been involved in conflict and trying to fix that conflict up, often you look for other things. Often you look for a commitment from somebody 
to not do stuff again or you're looking for certain protections or even you might have a written agreement and you might have things that happen or you might put barriers up or you may even push people away so that you can have a more peaceful relationship. Now, some of those things may be helpful, but without Jesus being the central focus in our relationships, true peace will never, ever exist. Remember these words again from Ephesians chapter 2, for he himself, Jesus, is our peace, who has made the two groups one and has destroyed the barrier, the dividing wall of hostility, by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace and in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the cross by which he put to death their hostility. One of the challenges we have on this earth is we come from different cultures, we come from different backgrounds and even within the church we have this problem that we forget to focus on Jesus and we begin focusing on other things. We worry about our cultural background. We say things like, oh, this is the way we've always done it in our church and often that's because we've come from a particular culture. And if you ever want to see the differences, try being involved in a congregation where, or where three or four congregations have merged together and they all think they're doing the Lutheran thing but they all do it differently in certain aspects. In my first parish, I had three congregations come together to be parish and there were people in each of those congregations who believed there was only one way to come to the communion table and to be dismissed by the communion table and yet they all did it differently. And we do that not just as Lutherans sometimes, we, we find it difficult, but it's our, we bring our cultural background and we bring the things that we love into it. And then then when we're dealing with other Christians, we also do the same. We kind of focus on what makes us different. And we get stressed about that and hung up about that rather than focusing on Jesus. Our starting point, our life as Christians, is rather than worry about all bits and pieces that are different, let's work on what brings us together. And this is what the success of Christianity has been about, where Christianity has been a success, and you see this through the Old Testament, where Paul and Jesus and Peter kept trying to focus people on Jesus and his mission, that dealt with all the differences. The differences become less significant. I'm on Facebook quite regularly, and one of my frustrations, I've joined groups to learn from others, but some of those groups, people can say they're Christian, but the things they focus on, mate, they spend a lot of words focusing on what worship style's the best, right? And sometimes you wonder what's going on, right? They'll spend a lot of words focusing on whether traditional or contemporary or high liturgical or this style is, is better than another, and it's almost as if any some of the people talk, seem to talk as if you don't agree with me, you're not a Christian. And yet the reality is, I would say for most of us, we'd say being a Christian is someone who focuses on Jesus. Now, some worship styles are helpful to some people, but they're not all that there is. The other thing is a lot of that discussion is 
often missing the point that we do need to reflect on the songs we sing or the music we're where the songs particularly we sing to see that they're focusing on Jesus and helping us focus on Jesus. But having heavy discussions and almost heated and hated discussions, that's not helpful. It's not a good witness to each other. It's not a helping people relate to Jesus. It's not actually helping people focus on what's most important because it's Jesus who gives us true peace. And so focusing on Jesus is our key. But there is a problem for us if we are honest and we read the scriptures, particularly if we're living in this world, and that is the peace Jesus gives us differs to how the world sees peace. The peace Jesus gives us differs. And this has been probably my, one of the things that helped me in my Christian journey to realise this. Because I think in my early teenage years, I was seeing my friends having a better life. I'd go to church and I'd see a bit of conflict and I'd see even parishioners kind of bickering with each other. And yet my friends, my football club that I was involved in, there was a lot more harmony there. What's going on here? But a lot of that harmony was surface harmony. A lot of it was things of people being nice, to each other on the surface but there wasn't true peace long lasting peace there Jesus mentions this when he's preparing the disciples for the ongoing mission when he says this in John chapter 16 do you now believe Jesus replied a time is coming and in fact has come when you will be scattered each to your own home you will leave me all alone yet I am not alone for my father is with me I have told you these things so that in me you may have peace. In this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world. And that's why that picture of the bird is so helpful for many people in understanding the peace we can have from God. We can have all the storms going on in the world, all the problems in our lives, and yet we can still have peace with God by focusing on Jesus. A long-lasting peace. If you go continue reading through um, the epistles, what you see is church after church after church going through difficulties, going through suffering, going through problems, but still there's this peace that is there. And one of the reasons that happens is because Jesus' peace even disrupts our worldly peace. Jesus' peace even disrupts our worldly peace. From Matthew chapter 10, verse 34, we heard, Whoever acknowledges me before others, I will also acknowledge before my Father in heaven. But whoever disowns me before others, I will disown before my Father in heaven. Do not suppose that I've come to bring peace to the earth. I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. This is a challenge passage for us because here we are, we've been talking about Jesus being the Prince of Peace, Jesus being the one who brings true peace, and yet he makes this comment. And what he's talking about here is he actually didn't come to bring worldly peace and he just can disrupt our own personal peace, particularly when we have a selfish peace, a peace that is, I'm going to be content, I'm going to push these people out of my life, I'm going to go off and look after myself, I'm going to be quiet 
and just be by myself and I'm going to let no one disrupt me. I was reading an article on that sort of piece this week and a psychologist, not a Christian psychologist, said that's an unrealistic piece and it's a very selfish piece. A piece that doesn't really bring peace in the world because you're ignoring other people. You're thinking about yourself rather than working with others. It doesn't replicate the peace that God gives, a peace where he's prepared to come into this world to make peace happen. And for me, I, when I read the scriptures sometimes, I get disrupted by God. I get um, unsettled by God because I realise I'm not thinking, I'm not on the right track, I've got something that's not right. And yes, I know that I'm forgiven, which brings that peace. But I also then realise maybe God's calling me to live in a different way or a different approach to life, not a worldly approach. You see, the peace that Jesus gives us, the peace that God gives us, is not just a peace we should hold on tightly and go, oh yes, I'm loved by God and I'll be right for eternity and I know I'm going to have be in heaven forever. But it's a peace that should also affect us today. Affect us in our workplace, affect us in our families, affect us in our community. And not just affect us, but also be a blessing to others. Be a blessing to the people we live with, work with, do things with. This week, um, you know, I had, I was waiting for somebody to send me an email. I needed it for something. And um, they promised, they said, it'll be there in 30 minutes. And I thought, I'll give them a bit of grace. Two hours went by, no email arrived. Um, so I rang, contacted them again, thinking, oh, it could be something with the email. We'll see what happens. Oh, yeah, and I'll be there in another 30 minutes. Well, this went on for two days, right? And at one stage I thought, oh, I need to pull these people in the line. And then I realised they know I'm a pastor. How can I show grace and peace? So I had a conversation which was just continually having patience with that person, showing grace as best I could. I don't know if I got it right, but thinking first of Jesus in responding to that situation helped in me having peace with the situation, but also with others. Colossians chapter 3, verse 15 says, let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you are called to peace and be thankful. Uh, That last bit I think is important for us to hold on to. Having God's peace for ourselves and sharing that and letting God's peace rule in your heart and be thankful. I don't know if you've ever come across this saying, but I've come come across some Christians when I've talked about peace and they said, this peace stuff's all right, but I don't want to be a doormat. And often what they mean when we explore the conversation further is, I don't want to be a doormat means... I don't want to be run over. I actually want justice and I want revenge and I want people to be put in their place and pay for it. Then we can have peace. But is that the way God calls us to have peace? Is that the way God treats us in the same way? 
The other thing about this peace that God gives us is actually for mission. And one of the things that struck me, and I didn't, I was tempted to put them all up, but struck me in looking at Paul when he keeps addressing churches, he keeps talking about, may you have God's peace, may the peace of God be with you. And Jesus said this to his disciples. Again, Jesus said, peace be with you. As the Father sent me, I am sending you. This peace that God gives us is part of our missionary characteristic. We take God's peace with us into the world. And remember what God's peace is about. God's peace is not about going, oh, look, I hope, hope you're not stressed so much. God's peace is about you know that you're loved. God loves you. God forgives you no matter who you are. It's about helping people discover that the, the God, when we talk about God, and often people have this thing, if you talk about God, if they've got any belief in God, that he's some almighty person that, who you need to get everything right by, when we have an opportunity to bring a different perspective of God into the world by bringing this peace that God gives us that also offers all people. So what does this mean for us in living the faith? This idea of focusing on Jesus who is peace. Well, first of all, let's do that. Focus on Jesus. Remember, he is the only source of true, long-lasting peace. The peace that Jesus gives us will give us peace with God, not just now, not just in eternity, but also now, but not just now, but also in eternity. Yes, there are many things we can do to try to have human peace of mind. You know, at the moment... You know, I wish the lockout laws would come back after this week. The, this area in the last week has just had people out late at night drinking. Um, we had a problem down Oxford Street um, on not last night, the night before. Um, last night until about three o'clock in the morning, people making noise and coming down. And the other thing, my manse windows are very thin. So you hear a lot of it, right? And some, sometimes I go, ah. Oh, I wish I'd just have some peace and quiet, like the times I go on the beach. Now, there's things I do that help me with that. But the reality is, God wants me to have peace amongst that noise, amongst that mess, amongst that chaos, amongst the problems. He wants me to know that he is with me like he's with you. And so let's focus on Jesus because he's the only source of true, long-lasting peace. Secondly, That means live knowing because of Jesus you have true peace with God. You don't need to stress. You don't need to worry about, am I good enough? Will God condemn me? Will he reject me? What we know is that Jesus came into the world to save you and not condemn you. Thirdly, aim to have peace no matter what environment you're in. Now, one of the things that can happen to me is sometimes I get stressed by the environment. You know, if I've had a person who's ruffled my figures, if I'm driving back from Redeemer to here, um, and this is one of my things I've had to learn a lot, is if I've got a, a person on the road who decides to cut me off or to drive too slow, Easter Sunday is usually one of my nightmare days because they seem to let all the L platers, it's a good idea on Easter Sunday, let's put all the L platers to drive on Easter Sunday. Right, Not knowing where they're going, going slow, being in the right-hand lane, doing half the speed. That can stress me out. And I've had to learn to have that peace. Otherwise, I walk in here all disturbed and disrupted. 
And I encourage you to think about those difficult, troubled areas about how might you focus on God during those times. One of the advantages we have as Christians is we see life not from today, not from the short term of what's happening around us today, but from the long term, the long term perspective that God has got a place for us. And that place for us has been made through the cross. And then as a result of the peace that God gives us, as I mentioned earlier, aim to live with other Christians by focusing on Jesus. By focusing on Jesus. If you have friends who are, first of all, with each other, talk about Jesus. Talk about what you know about Jesus, how you perceive Jesus, what you've learnt from the scriptures about Jesus. And same ways, if you've got friends who are other Christians, talk about what, what does Jesus mean to them? Now, for some Christians, this is a, um, a reality check because some Christians have gone, kind of deviated away from the key message of Christianity being about Christ came into this world to die and to suffer and they've gone, deviated to a message of either it's all about what they have to do or to be social activists in a particular area without Christ. And sometimes these discussions, and these are not condemning discussions, but to listen to them can actually be very helpful for you and for others. Now, one of my uh, blessings I've had is in the last few years, I've wanted to mix with a variety of churches and listen to them and learn from them. And in so, instead of condemning, you actually start to appreciate how they see Jesus and what we can learn from them. But we also, I also get the privilege to be able to share what I know about Jesus. And lastly, live a life of blessing others with God's peace that you know and that you have received. Think about the people in your life, the people you're going to mix with, and how might you bring God's peace to them? What might be the opportunities you have to share God's peace with others? To reflect God's peace. And so I want to leave you with this thought. Peace is costly. Peace is costly. It costs God his son, it costs Jesus his life, and it costs us that we need to get rid of living for ourselves and living for now. Peace is costly. And as we enter towards this holy week, we're reminded of that cost. A cost where Jesus went to the cross and suffered and died for us. And then we'll hear on Good Friday how Jesus, not only on the cross, suffered and died for us, but we also hear how he was there, not for himself, but for others. May you live with God's peace. May you live knowing that God, you have peace with God because of Jesus. But may you also be a person who bears that peace in the world. Let us pray. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you for the wonderful gift of peace that you give us. Peace that we can have with you and peace that we can bring into this world because of you. Lord, we thank you that as we enter towards Holy Week, enter into Holy Week as we head towards Easter, that we hear again fresh and clearly your story of love, grace, forgiveness, mercy and compassion 
and that the actions of Jesus ultimately end up in us having peace with you. Lord, bless us and encourage us. And Lord, give us a sense of your peace no matter what situation we face. In Jesus Christ we pray. Amen.